If you'd have been there on the 20th of January 2012, you would have seen a rather old and tired skier who'd had a fabulous day uh, going down the slopes and really enjoying himself. He was on his second glue wine and they were slipping down really nicely when the sommelier came up to him and said, we really like the books you left with us last year. Would you do a session on inspiration, motivation and negotiation for all the staff at the Hotel Elizabeth, where I was in Ischgls in Austria, for those who have skied it. And my body was aching like mad. My brain was still saying that you're really 25, Derek, and you can go straight down that icy black run with those moguls. But I couldn't. And I said, yes, I would, depending on what was in it for me. And I didn't say it quite as bluntly as that. And she said, well, if you do that, we'll give you free accommodation for the week. Oh, I said, I suddenly sat up. I said, free accommodation. Well, if you were to throw in the ski hire, a ski pass, and a bottle of wine every night, I'll do three sessions for you. And she, Carol, the sommelier, stuck her hand out and uh, we shook hands. And I did three one hour sessions at four o'clock when I came off the ski slopes, had great fun with 25 of their staff. We talked about first impressions, customer management, negotiating with customers who were difficult. And that was my one of my first soft pound deals, which we call here in the UK, and I think in the States, they call it slightly something else. Welcome to Monday Night Live. My name's Derek Cardin. I'm your host today. And I'm gonna to talk to you about a number of negotiating mistakes that people make. We're gonna throw the session open to all the guests I've got on. We've got some fabulous guests with huge knowledge uh, in a minute. But first of all, I need to share my screen, which I'm going to do. And, um, the first slide isn't always the one you expect to come up for those of you that have worked Zoom before. And here we go. So slide one, welcome. It's Monday Night Live. I'm Derek Arden. Today we're going to talk about and discuss unusual negotiation mistakes. And uh, the slides moved. Let's just go back. Unusual mis negotiation mistakes uh, when you're negotiating. So the first mistake that I'm going to talk to you about is making the mistake that you assume that some things aren't negotiable. Everything's negotiable. And, and negotiating is a mindset. And having the view that everything is negotiable, you'll be amazed what you can get. Now, uh, an American guy called David Morse picked a fight with me about that statement on LinkedIn the other week. And uh, then we had a Zoom call because I picked up the phone and talked to him and he sees my point of view. It doesn't mean you'll get a win-win result, but if you don't negotiate, you won't get any result at all. And of course we have, um, things are coming up on my computer there. Amy, are we all right on the computer still? Is it still sharing the screen? Yeah, Alex is nodding his head. Thanks, Alex. And right bang in the, in the middle of the word negotiation, we have ego. And of course, the first, second mistake that people make is letting their ego get involved in the negotiation. Either if it's a personal issue and people have got a lot of stake in it, they get wound up about the situation, or they, um, don't, they don't wind the other person's ego up, which is something you can do sometimes. And um, 
when I discovered that ego was in the middle of the negotiation, I thought some people, some people really don't get it. So you've got to get that ego away. Mistake number three is forgetting that presenting, pitching, selling, influencing, haggling, conflict management and positive energy are all part of the negotiation process. If you don't present, you don't pitch well, you're not going to get to the table. Sell, sell well, influence, haggle, which is what a lot of people think is negotiating, just that haggling process and the psychology, handling conflict, you certainly got to handle conflict. And people buy people that transmit positive energy, not that toxic negativity or couldn't care less about the sale, are up for it, want to go for it, want to get a win-win deal. So who is the first negotiation with? Well, the first negotiation is with you. And that's mistake number four that people make. You've got to persuade yourself. You've got to be up for it. You've got to set your goals. You've got to know what you want. Because if you don't know what you want, every road will take you there, won't it? And therefore, it's nowhere. So once you set your goals, and your goals for the negotiation, your goals for life, the goals for what you want next week, tomorrow, in the next hour, then you've got a plan. And having a plan will take you forward. So the, the mistake number four is not knowing that you are the first person to negotiate with. Mistake number five is not being a lifelong learner. I know everybody on this call today is a, is a lifelong learner, but some people watching this on YouTube or listening to this on the Negotiators podcast might not be. And the real question you need to ask yourself and this is the only question, according to Marshall Goldsmith, the, the famous US coach, is to ask, how can I get even better? And if you're eliciting feedback or feed forward, as I call it, that's the question to ask. You don't want to know about people's prejudices. You don't want to know about their views. You just want to know how you can improve and how you can get Better. Mistake number six, and this is the biggest mistake when it, even when I'm teaching advanced negotiation masterclasses, people don't figure out what their best position is, their target position, their walk away position. And if they do walk away from the negotiation, what's their alternative position or sometimes called a batner if you read the books from the uh, Harvard uh, Business School. But of course, when I flew back from Harvard, I decided to uh, change the word back, no best alternative to a negotiated agreement to alternative position. So if you don't do the deal, what's the consequences? How much it's going to cost you? What could you do with your time? What could you, how, how much time could you spend marketing, mentoring people or chasing your own, own mentor around Dorset? Who knows? So what's the best position? That's your dream position. What's the target, probably realistic position? And where are you going to walk away? And people don't think about that. And then when you walk away, what's your soft walk away position? And what's your hard, hard, um, hard uh, walk, walk away position? When I say um, soft walk away, I mean, that's the best thing I can do today. And as you know, the key word there is today. Because tomorrow... It could be very, very different. So mistake number seven is knowing your own best position, target position, walk away is fine, but then not anticipating and figuring out what theirs is. And that's called the zone of potential 
agreement. Some people ask me, well, how can you figure that out? Well, you can imagine you're going to put yourself in their shoes. A great trick is to uh, pull up a different chair. think you're in their shoes. If they were negotiating with me in the circumstances, what would they be thinking? And have I done enough research? Have I been on LinkedIn? So these are common mistakes that people make. Even chief executives that uh, deal with the uh, Alex, the only difference is there, they got Alex to help them and coach them. And the same with Patricia and Carl, when they're coaching people, they can get extra advice. And it's having a mentor, being able to take a time out, which is key in these situations. Mistake, uh, the next mistake is they don't recognize negotiation tactics. They don't even understand it's a tactic, it's a game. And what's the purpose of a tactic? There's one sole purpose of the tactic to get you down to your lowest price, your lowest deal, your lowest acceptable transaction as quickly as possible to scare you that you haven't got power. And the final mistake that I'm going to talk about today is not understanding power and leverage and how to change it. So many people say to me, we've got no power. And I said, well, that's the first mistake you're making. You've always got power. You just need to understand where the power is and then see how you can change it. I was um, working for Oxfam and one or two of you might, might know this story, but uh, they said we've got no power because all our eggs are in one basket with one bank and we can't change the bank. And I said, well, that's absolutely nonsense. Uh, I'm going to talk to another couple of banks for you. And I talked to Barclays and HSBC and I said to them, how keen are you to get some of Oxfam's business? And they said, oh, we give our right arm for it. I said, well, then would you quote on four items, please, for at your very, very cheapest price, no messing about, your best price. And they're 80% of the cost to Oxfam. And they did. And we presented it to uh, to um, the, um, the bank, the, the RBS, the bank that had the business. And we said, if you can't match these prices, you're going to lose some of the business. So we created the power. There's always power. But you need three options, basically. You always need three options, just like when we're, uh, when we're talking, we always talk in threes, the power of three, etc. A good question to ask yourself and, uh, and your clients and anyone you're helping with your negotiations, whether it's your, uh, your family or uh, anyone else, is um, where is the power and how can we change it? And don't take no for an answer, because as we know, everything's uh, negotiable. The one tactic I wanted to talk about, and I opened with this, was, is um, a soft pound deal. What is a soft pound deal? Well, they have huge advantages, but there are disadvantages with them as well. So the Hotel Elizabeth, I went back there skiing three years on the trot and uh, they gave me free board and accommodation, which I worked out and it was a really quality room they gave me, uh, was probably worth about uh, 2000 pounds each time I went skiing. Yeah, game on, fantastic. For the FA Cup final, uh, semi-final of Arsenal versus Tottenham which was played at Stamford Bridge a number of years ago my pal forgot his ticket and it was just after 9-11 and I said how are we going to get him in 
Well, to cut a long story short, and I'll tell you about this another time, we got him in. We got him in by building rapport with one of the stewards, uh, connecting with him, saying there's going to be a seat empty, and the steward fixed up for the supervisor to meet uh, Peter outside. Peter had his hand up, etc., and we got him in for nothing. That was worth about £200. And finally, golf club I used to play at. Um, I sent to them, um, I got to know the um, chief executive really well, Paddy his name was, and uh, I said, I'm thinking about leaving Paddy, and he said to me, well, why don't you do a bit of marketing for us? Why don't you give us some of your marketing tips, Derek, and I'll give you free membership for the year. So uh, I took that, and the membership was about £1,200 at that time. So there are all sorts of soft pound deals that you can get, as long as you keep your radar open, you keep uh, you keep um, watching, looking out for deals like that. 